Good morning. I read books and articles to weigh and consider, perhaps even wrestle with ideas conveyed by the book's authors. Sometimes I understand, like, and embrace those ideas, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I discern that the author's experiences are different than mine. Therefore, their assertions, opinions, and conclusions are different. And sometimes that's okay. It is what it is. And sometimes I have to unlearn the author's assertion and then relearn and apply it in the context of my own life. Now, I often read and wrestle with Dale Carnegie's classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. His principles have certainly helped me become a more effective, even charismatic leader. These principles have also equipped me to fight for freedom and equality. Now, it may go without saying to some, but the fight for freedom and equality in this world is still a long, difficult, uphill climb. It's a war with many battles against obvious and often subtle opposition. Now, the freedom fighting contributions are pretty easy to miss in this book's positive, conversational, often idealized wisdom about navigating a world that may only exist for some of us. But they're easier to see with some creative and skillful relearning and contextual application. This relearning I speak of is guided by the awareness that one, we're not all treated the same way. Two, we don't treat each other the same way. Three, mature people do not seek to control other people or situations. They are adept at the art of self-control. Now let's work through and wrestle with a few of these ideas. Here's the first one. It's from the section called Fundamental Techniques in Handling People. The principle says, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Okay. It's wise to be a careful observer of human behavior and to listen more than you talk. <laughs> Easier said than done. Now, it's just as wise to avoid ever voicing a personal, what we call an ad hominem attack of any kind. Now, I have come to realize, though, that anything you say other than yes and amen can be misconstrued as negative behavior. And that can work against you in the court of public opinion, especially telling people no. Now, sometimes you'll need to say no to requests and expectations. Sometimes you'll have to say no to the way you're treated. Now, the recipient of that no 
may become aghast at your unmitigated gall and lack of couth. How dare you? Well, you know, I understand and accept what you're saying, but you were just so abrupt. I've gotten that reaction. With all that said, though, remember there's a reason why the letters N and O are next to each other in the alphabet. Don't attack, but don't be afraid to, to step back or even walk away. Vote with your conscience and your feet and accept that people will think whatever they want to think about your stance. All right, let's deal with another principle. There's a section called Ways to Make People Like You. One principle says to smile. Another principle says to talk in terms of the other person's interests. Now let's wrestle with these two ideas together. Smiles convey your inner peace, happiness, and goodwill to all who engage your countenance, your face, the look on your face. Smiles can also charm and disarm. They can warm even the coldest soul. Now there's also a type of smile. There's that one where you, you drop your chin and you can feel your forehead wrinkling, you feel your eyebrows arch. That smile says, you need to watch yourself, player both to the observer of the smile and to the giver of the smile. It's, that's a fair warning to both. Now I say that to say that smiles convey a range of emotions. I'm a member of a few communities whose interests are frequently overlooked and certainly underrepresented. Now perhaps they're even misrepresented by well-meaning and not so well-meaning folks. Now in effect, I'm usually talking in terms of the other person's interests by default. Feel me? So in difficult circumstances, my best approach, the best that I can do is to listen and try to think in terms of the other person's interests and to then be prepared to act in my own best interests by considering a few questions. Questions like, what is their position? What do they want? What do they mean? What are they not saying? Again, all of this is easier said than done, but here's a quick story that, that helps me with my wrestling and self-reflection. Once upon a time, I was an invited member at a board committee meeting with a group of people that I regarded as closed-minded, condescending, and detached from reality. I know this going in. I feel this way going in. So this was not somewhere I wanted to be, but I needed to be there. This is a frequent theme in my life. I don't want to be there, but I know I need to be there. Now when you're the invited member, the unspoken, unbroken rule is that you speak when you're invited to speak. Now, I reserve the right to break that rule and have done so often in my life. And I assume all inherent risks of breaking those rules. 
So anyway, let's just say that the discussion in this meeting reached this tricky, sticky point where I interjected my thoughts with some force. Now I'm known for being an intense listener in meetings, often characterized as quiet by people in this rather uncomfortable way, but I'm not silent. So when I speak up and speak out, it surprises folks. I catch them slipping a lot of times. Now on this day, the committee chair offered a simple dismissive wave of the hand, said something like, oh, smile, Derek. Real blue-blooded comment. Now, her words seemed subtle then, but I understand now that she talked down to me in a room full of people, none of whom I liked, and probably they did not like me. And she may have said what more than one person was thinking. Another comment was somewhere between patting me on the head and kind of smacking me in the face. So I gave her a big smile. Now you probably know what kind of smile I gave her. It wasn't a yes ma'am, I'm happy to be here smile. It was more like a, okay, I know somebody's chilly, just got a little warmer smile. Now, now the truth is, perhaps both our chilies were a little warm. That's fair. Now this was the last committee meeting I was invited to. I could say it's the last one that I chose to attend, but these folks knew not to ask me to sit in that room anymore. And that may have been for the best. Now, I don't have a clever, humorous summary for this one, so let, let's go with this. Commit your energy to understanding your temperature and maintaining self-control. You got to know when your chili is warm. You got to know when you have warmed other people's chili. You got to know when that chili is warm and you didn't have anything to do with it because you still may bear the fallout. This provides the best opportunity for people that like you. Please know though that you may still encounter circumstances in your life that result in your being disliked. Fair, unfair, or foul. Now if that is the case, then it is well. Here's another principle. How to win people to your way of thinking. Now, this principle says Try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. All right. Now, here's some truth that helps me learn from this book and not just throw it against the wall in frustration. I do not have many encounters with people who can be won over, so to speak. Rather, my encounters are often with people who like to run over, feel me? Steamrollers. And I am again, by default, often only allowed to consider their point of view. Now my challenge, if you will, is to figure out how to slow their roll, slow them down a little bit. Give them cause to pause and consider, or even reconsider. So the win for me is never to have them think what I think. Rather, it's to have them someday, in some small, teeny weeny way, acknowledge and think about what I think. They're never going to think what I think, but just 
think about what I think. And I'm good with that. My best opportunity to do this is to offer the truth about my perspective. Now listen carefully to what I'm saying. I said the truth about my perspective. Not the truth in an absolute sense. No matter how true our truth might seem, understand you cannot force others to embrace your truth as the truth. That is the height of arrogance. See, today, we all take our truth as the truth. And we are all able to support our truth with irrefutable facts and convenient wisdom. Anytime you hear anybody saying, I'm just giving the facts. Just is a loaded word. Facts is an even more loaded word. These words can lead to lots of time wasted with arguments and fights that amount to a little more than thumb wrestling. There ain't no gangsters here, folks. Just some great debaters. Now I'm learning to offer the truth about my perspective with a skillful balance of grace, humility, and firmness. That's a delicate combination. And to then understand how that truth might be heard and to then be okay with letting it be. Hmm. All right, now there's another section that focuses on being a leader, how to change people without giving or arousing resentment. Now this title once paralyzed me. Now it still chased me a little bit, makes me nervous, but I understand why now. And here's the why. I reject the idea of exerting my energy to control other people by coercive, manipulative, patronizing, multi-step recipes. No matter how gently or eloquently these messages and methods are delivered. Largely because I've had a lot of negative experiences of people trying to control me with these silly approaches. Now I accept that I often invite this behavior by being me. Remember, I'm quiet and observant, but not silent. Now I'm solitary, but I'm unafraid to stand alone. I speak on it. I say what I think I need to say with confidence, precision, efficiency, rhythm, and firmness, even if it opposes conventional wisdom and trends. And you may not agree with me, but you feel me. I ain't scared to sound crazy. Now, it just so happens that I'm also short. And beyond being short, I'm small. And I still have a bit of a baby face, even though I'm advancing in years, certainly. My personality intimidates some people and causes other people to roll their eyes and dismiss. I get on their nerves. Now, my personality, stature, and countenance often invite both passive and active aggression from others. Now, some folks can't help themselves. They experience all of the above with me. I intimidate them and I invite their aggression. Now, this special group of people may never become my friends, may never acknowledge my influence, 
but I digress. This principle offers an eternal opportunity to chew the meat, spit out the bones. And I embrace exerting energy to practice self-control through empathy, honesty, humility, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Now, if I ever need to deliver a tough word, I become the audience and consider how I would say it to myself and how I might receive what I just said to myself. Even then, your words can still be received as an attack, sometimes conveniently, because they don't want to hear you. Now, in that case, it is well. You let that be, you leave that alone. So in conclusion, what have I said? Man, I hope I've said that your friends accept and affirm you, they hold you accountable, and present you with authority that you respect. And it kind of progresses, your friendships do, along that continuum. Acceptance, affirmation, accountability, authority. You get through those stages with folks, those are your folks. You and your friends will exert powerful influence over each other. Now your charisma will give you powerful influence in the world too. Everybody you influence is not going to be your friend, and that's okay. The most powerful influence, though, is exerted via self-control. Self-control. Thanks, as always, for listening, folks. I love you, and I hope I've shared something that means something to you this morning. Peace.